0: Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. Now before we talk about what's coming up, because we are excited to share some information, I just want to remind you that if you are listening to the podcast, whether it's this one, a past one, one of the series that we've done, and something has spoken to you, stood out to you, made a difference, or even identified a place that you're struggling, if you have received value out of that, I have to believe that other people would too. And so ask God, who would you like me to share this with? You can share it on social media by sharing one of the posts that we put up on Facebook or Instagram. You can share directly from the podcast app that you use to people or to your social media page, but we would love for you to partner with us in getting the word out about God's Word Gives Hope so that we can be a part of bringing God's Word into everyone's daily lives. Now, Janae, would you like to tell us a little bit about what's coming up?
1: Yes, I'm so excited I get to do that. Um, So the next two weeks, we will be talking about the subject of rest And what the Bible has to say about rest. And why would we be talking about rest now as we are getting close to the summer months, you may be wondering? Well, isn't that what summer is supposed to be, right? A time of rest. A break from the routine. But are summers restful? (laughs) Not always. Not always. So this is... A topic that is applicable to any time and the idea of rest and how we need to incorporate it into our life. What does the Bible have to say? I think you're going to want to be a part of that and listen to it. I love that. Sign me up. I can't wait. Um, After two weeks on the
0: subject of rest, we are going to obey the Bible's command and rest on Memorial Day. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a time of rest, but then we'll be back for our Monday podcast in June. And we're calling it Summers in Psalm 119, and this is something that we will continue on each summer as we go forward.
1: Yeah, so I guess this means, Amy, that the podcast is going to be around for a while. Uh,
0: We've got some plans. I hope so, but all of that is in God's (laughs) hands as well. Yes, yes. Okay, so let's get started on this week's encouraging message. I'm reading from Isaiah 49.4. This is the NIV version. I have labored in vain. Nothing starts an encouraging message quite like those (laughs) words, right? No. We'll get there. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hands,
1: and my reward is with my God. I was wondering for our listeners if there is anyone out there who has felt or is feeling it right now You are the one who has labored in vain over something. You've spent all your strength, and you feel like your hard work has been for nothing.
0: Oh, I have to believe that someone listening is that person that has worked so hard at their job only to be let go anyway, or they've poured their heart and soul into their family only to have a child say they want nothing to do with them or the way of life that their family has chosen to walk. You know, there are some really hard places in this world where we may see our labor and effort feel so wasted or
1: unsuccessful. Yes. And, you know, I definitely think in the area of relationships, whether it be at work, but like in a marriage, um, maybe you've really worked hard on a friendship and restoring. It's just there's so many different areas and where we feel like we've poured ourselves in and to what Well, I think other translations drive this point in well, and so I'd like to read a few of those. Uh, The New Living Translation says, But my work seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. And I like the way it says that because it brings in that word purpose, and I think we really do lose steam if we don't feel like what we're doing has any purpose or we don't think that the outcome is going to be a um, value or turn in the direction that we have worked so hard for it too. The New American Standard says, "I have toiled in vain." And to me, the word "toiled" very much a, a farmer type of term. I grew up on a farm and had hoe cotton and all those kinds of things. And the toiling, the hard labor yeah, it's work, like
0: pain plus labor. Like, yes, it's hard.
1: Yes. And then the CEV says, I'm completely worn out. My time has been wasted. Mm. So I think we can fill in the blank with what we have toiled over. But let's take a look at why Isaiah may have felt this way. Yeah, so he has this
0: phrase, I have spent my strength for nothing at all, right? Poor Isaiah. He was called to be a prophet to Israel when they had zero interest in listening to him or the word of God. They were blind and deaf to his message. But it can feel like that, though, right? Um, We know God has called us to do something, but it seems like everything is either an obstacle or a struggle, and we are exhausted, and we aren't seeing the fruit that we were hoping would be waiting just around the corner. All that work feels like such a waste. Yeah,
1: You know, sometimes it reminds me to to put our, uh, to walk in Isaiah's shoes a little bit. It reminds me of if you have children and you've told them over and over again, but then the next day when they repeat or they don't do what they're supposed to do and you go over it with them again, and they're looking at you with this blank stare like, (laughs) you've never said this ever before. This is the first time I've ever heard this. What are you talking about? Or I think of, like, a teacher with a student or even um, an employer with one of their employees. They're going over some hard information that they need to hear, and it's going to require some change. And as you're sharing it, you're looking at them, and you're going, in the back of your mind, you're going, yeah, they're not going to listen to this. It's a complete waste of time. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they are totally not going to do it. Well... God asked Isaiah to do some extreme things to try and hammer the point in for the people of Israel. And, like, here's a couple of the things. One of them is he na- had to name his children names that God gave them that were symbolic, that were a point to be able to communicate a message to Israel. Like, for instance, one of the sons' names was Hair Shalel Hushbaz, God bless you. Yeah, exactly. Or who what mother wants to call that name, right? I can't imagine trying to yell that when someone
0: needs to come running. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so he for he for went naming his children whatever he wanted to. He did them what, you know, did what God said. And then the, to me this is the one that's the most like, "Oh my goodness. God asked Isaiah to walk around nearly naked for 3 years to make a point." Um, so the point For this is, Isaiah really went to some great lengths to do what God was asking him to do, to share the message, and these people would not listen. And so no wonder he felt all his hard work was for nothing.
0: Mm. I think we need to read a little bit more of this passage. So we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Listen to me, all you distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. He made the words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He has said to me, You are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. I replied, But my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose. Yet I leave it all in the Lord's hands. I will trust God for my reward. And now the Lord speaks. The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So when the going gets tough, the tough go back to their identity in God. Isn't that how the saying goes?
1: Yeah. I, well,
0: not really, but I, I like it. <laughs> Maybe it, it should.
1: <laughs> I like it. And there's a lot of truth to that. So let's talk about it more. So knowing who
0: Isaiah was helped him not get stuck in his frustration. It helped him push beyond it. In verse 1, he says, The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. And then again in verse 5, he says, The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. You know, Isaiah has these frustrations, right? He's angry about his relationship with the Israeli people, the thing that God has called him to. And yet he is honest with God about these frustrations. And then he remembers who he is in God. And that helps to adjust his vision in his circumstances by looking towards. God's truth of who he is.
1: Yeah, so this concept of identity is probably not gonna go away anytime soon. We will probably circle back around on that and touch it from time to time. And I know we've been on a roll with that, but this is just a case in point. Isaiah uses his identity to turn things around. He remembers. So knowing who we are really matters. And we also know that if the Lord has called us to do something, there is a part of that where we need to leave it and trust it with him and put it in his hands to do the final outcome, to accomplish the thing. It may not be in the time frame we expect to see it, and it may not be the turnout like we want, mm. but God is faithful. So let me reread verse 4. I replied, but my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose, yet... I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. So I just want to touch on this because I think it's cool. It's a little, little nuance, a little detail. But Isaiah doesn't say he will leave it in God's hands, plural. It is a singular hand, one hand. Why? Because no matter how big your problem is, how big your thing is, how what that you've been toiling over, one hand of God is big enough To hold it, it can rest in that one hand. You can trust God with it. So remember who you are and leave it with God and trust Him to work things out. I love that. And, you know, I think about other scriptures that also help us
0: come alongside this point, right? Um, It makes me think a little bit of Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You know, as believers, I feel like we quote Ephesians 8 and 9 all the time. We are celebrating the faithfulness of God and his grace in saving us, but we are saved towards something. So I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. But Here's the part I feel like we leave off. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're not just to float around. We are supposed to remember who we are. We are God's workmanship. And then we are supposed to walk out those good works that He has planned for us to accomplish. And so, even if things don't feel like they're going the way we hope, it's on God to be faithful to complete those things within His timing. Our role is to remain faithful
1: and walking forward. I love that. I love that connection, the way you connect who we are with even our salvation. It just doesn't stop with the grace and the mercy there, that there is is more here. Well, Isaiah calls us to remember something that I am sure he had to dwell on for his in his own toiling as he's sharing, you know, do you ever do that? You know, where you're, you're teaching words are coming out of your mouth to encourage someone else. And you're like, this is right back at me. You know, I'm sure he felt always, this way. Yeah. <laughs> so in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, I would like to read. It says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like Eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now, I know that this can be an overused verse. It's on mugs, it's on paintings, it's on t-shirts. But the fact that Isaiah relied on the imagery of eagles is profound. And I think sometimes we forget um, the power behind this imagery, that eagles' wings are super strong. And they can catch a wind current and just soar forever. And I love the symbolism of that if we will catch the wind or the strength, if you will, of the Holy Spirit, we too can soar on God's strength through whatever it is we are laboring over. And because of that, I believe that some of what Paul was talking about in another familiar verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 He encourages us to not become discouraged because that's where we tend to grow weary, right? Mm -hmm. In doing good. He says, do not become discouraged in doing good, but in due time we will reap. We will reap that harvest. Something will happen. God will do that breakthrough. It is coming if we do not become weary. So the encouragement is not about... um, The fact that we're becoming weary, it's like, don't let your weariness take you out, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So if you are out there and you are frustrated, you have labored, you've been toiling, and you're not seeing any change, nothing seems to be working, you're at that point of giving up, you are questioning your efforts, we want to encourage you today to stop and to turn these encouraging words that god has for you that we have been saying today and ask him for help ask him to show you god i I haven't seen it where are you at work show me where you are at work and ask him for the strength you need to continue on
0: i love that i love that we're not going to fall prey to the enemy's lies about who we are we're not gonna fall prey to the obstacles and the struggles that come into our lives that make us weary and just beaten down. We're gonna have our eyes on the eternal and not on the here and now. And so trusting God to work that out to the end and remain faithful, good. so good. Yes. So in 1 Corinthians 15:58, there's just a word that I think sums this up nicely. The NLT says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Help blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.